When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 9 of season 2 of the Chungus Cast. Thank you guys so much for joining me for this episode. I'm sorry it took me so long to uh, get this back out to you, but you know, I had a lot of stuff to sift through. So, about a week ago, uh, I connected with my friend Eric, who is a uh, alumni from my fraternity, but he was long gone before I even entered college. So the way we connected was over Facebook, and he had, um, he's a DJ, or he started DJing after uh, college, and he, I, I don't want to say it's his career, but it's, it's, you know, it's a big part of his life, and just basically by following him on Twitch and the like, I was able to, you know, sort of uh, develop this cool bond with him, and through him, uh, I met his friend Elise, who is also on this episode, and who is also a DJ, uh, who is also a, an astrologer, and yeah, uh, she she did stand-up comedy, you know, all over the place, everything, um, and I mean that in the best way possible. And yeah, they like we we sat down to do a one-hour show. Uh, and we ended up recording for three hours, so I really hope you guys like this first episode because there's two more of it coming after this episode. But in this first episode, we basically just talk about, uh, you know, music in general because that's kind of how what brought us all together is music and specifically electronic music. And they get into, you know, a lot of stuff they know way more than I do about electronic music, and it's really cool to get their insight and hear from them. Um, as this episode is titled, uh, you might notice after listening that we discuss, uh, one of the most infamous clubs in the world and I'll leave it at that. Um, but yeah, that's what this first episode is mainly about. So if you guys like it, please let me know because there's two more episodes coming. I'm going to try and release them. I think I'm going to wait a week because I don't want to release episode two on Sunday. I'll wait till next Sunday to release episode two. It's ready to go. And episode three will get released in two Sundays from now. 
or I guess three if you include this Sunday. But yeah, uh, that's all I have for you. Um, please rate, subscribe, review, like, comment, share, and hit me with my, your feedback. Um, and you know, we have so many different social media platforms now, so if you find one, there's a way to find them all because they're all linked together. So yeah, thank you guys so much, and here is episode 9 of season 2. Enjoy, everybody. Bye. Hello, everybody. This is uh, episode 9, I guess, of the Chungus cast. I am with uh, some, I guess, a friend and a friend of a friend. So well, I'll just let them take it away with the friend first, and uh, yeah. What's happening? I'm Eric. And I'm... Oh, and I'm Elise, a.k.a. DJ Jouet, a.k.a. Elise Anamkara. Yeah, let's let's just drop everything to start, and we can do it at the end, too. But I don't want you guys to think that I'm not going to plug you as much as possible. So, Eric, starting with you, you are number one I, Twitch streamer, right? Uh, well, I've so I've been DJing for 12 years. Okay. I, I've been on Twitch for close almost a year now but yes i'm a dj with the moniker sneakers in the dryer a, a dj i didn't mean to uh narrow you there but yeah so where can people find you just twitch.tv slash sneakers in the dryer yeah there, like it if, sounds okay. if you go to campsite.bio slash sneakers in the dryer you'll get everything it's it's soundcloud mixcloud twitter instagram facebook um yeah. You know, all that stuff. And at least you have a number of things that I definitely want to touch on all of them. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hi, I'm Elise again. Uh, I also go by Elise Anamkara. Uh, Anamkara means soul friend in Gaelic. Uh, so that's where you can find me on Instagram and on Twitter. Uh, and um, I also DJ. I go by DJ Jouet. That's uh, J-O-U-E-Z. It is the command form of to play in French. So um, there's no questions on my dance floor. (laughs) Uh, I like like things to be straightforward. You know, life is complicated enough as it is. So uh, if you're not there to have a good time, then just please don't. my friend actually has this great, um, like his his religious or his political views on Facebook is no parking on the dance floor. And I was like, Ugh, I wish I had that one. Um, but anyway, yeah, so DJ Jouet, um, the easiest way to find all my stuff is probably just to go to my Instagram um, at Elise Anamkara, and you'll have a link to that, uh, to DJ Jouet, and also to anamkara astrology because i am an astrologer and i started um, my own astrology outfit in 2012 so um you can check that out to anamkaraastrology.com and you guys are part of a a duo as well right yeah so the uh, discount disco is the name of our uh joint uh dj operation and Discount Disco is the moniker of us as a DJ duo. And then The Discount Disco is a comedy show slash sweaty disco hoedown hybrid uh, that I conceived of and uh, that Eric has been 
such a huge uh, support. Um, and like, it would not have like, I've been like having this thing in my head. I conceived of it 10 years ago and um, Eric really helped bring it to fruition this last year in 2019. So check us out. Discount Disco also on SoundCloud. <laughs> yeah. And, and oh, yeah. events coming as soon as they're allowed to come again. Yeah, I'm like working with, I'm reaching out to, actually there's a guy who lives in Maryland and uh, to see about getting some discount disco, getting the discount disco live and direct from my living room, which I've nicknamed the Jouet Ground ever since I started, (laughs) uh, ever since I started um, uh, DJing on Twitch. So yeah, um, I'm hoping to do more of like the full format discount disco with uh and just like have like sketches or maybe like some pre-tapes and then cut to live dj um so that and and like maybe one or two uh you know maybe like one in-house stand-up comedian and then like maybe a pre-tape stand-up comedian i don't know Mm-hmm. Maybe just to get fun, like maybe just get like weird with like laugh tracks. Like maybe it'll just be me looping laugh tra- <laughs> laugh tracks until like all like hell breaks loose. I don't know. Like it's it's like it's it's 2021, and like we've all been inside for like a really long time. Like let's let's just get weird. Yeah. Ooh, I don't know what that was. Uh, so you were also a comedian at some point, or still? Yes, are. yes. I haven't done stand up. I mean. Like I did one live stand-up show since uh, the shutdown <laughs> in um, March uh, 2020. Actually, and it's funny because I did it at the same place. My last show and my first show since COVID was both both took place uh, at a. It's a private show um, that was held in a backyard. So nice. I, I guess they were still on technically- the COVID police. Yeah, I know. Um, so sorry. Uh, and slash, you're welcome. Um, I don't remember if I used like the little microphone condom that they provided or not, but whatever. Oh, <laughs> I mean, it gets like real as if like doing stand up isn't work. Talk, it doesn't. Is really what happened. Uh, if when you want to know how does it work, the answer is it doesn't, uh, and it's just a nice suggestion. <laughs> Um, you know, just like bring some like Purell, like just bring some Lysol wipes, whatever. Um, but yeah, I've been doing, I, I never really intended, I started doing standup comedy in 2007, um, down in Richmond, Virginia in my senior year of college. And, um, I only did it for like, you know, barely a year after I left college. Um, I mean, not even like when I, in the grand scheme of things, cause I was an actor, I still am an actor. Uh, and I started working at a comedy club and then, uh, in DC, I started working on the DC improv and then, um, I got into a play. So I was going back and forth between work, like slinging drinks during other people's shows, uh, at the comedy club and then either being in rehearsal or in, in production for the play that I was in. Um, and that was like my first play out of college. So didn't really give a lot of time to like go to open mics and um back at that time uh dc was not it did not have this rich comedy community that it does now i mean yeah no definitely 
it's like everywhere is like it is a comedy spot uh the big hunt used to just be our watering hole that we would go to especially um when our regular watering hole which was lucky bar because it was directly across the street from the dc improv would turn into night at the roxbury um like on fridays and saturdays like it was just except it was like it was like the greek like greek society right the um like (laughs) fraternity it was it was a lot of, it was a lot of like being uh, uh, accosted by frat guys i'm just gonna say right now i know you guys are both in a frat no no shade there not, but not really <laughs> i know no those those guys are the worst um, but yeah so uh we would we used to like go to lucky bar on our regular days and then on friday and saturday when it just became like college night we would go up the street to the big hunt which we would just you know, drink and play pool and have like a really fun time. Um, and then, and now it's like, they don't even have the pool tables there. They, but it's a huge, it's like an actual venue. It's a comedy venue. And I was like, that's so crazy. This is, I don't know. DC's changed a lot, but it is very cool that there's a lot more comedy there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it, it changed a lot since back in those days in terms of music too, or at least, at least like, uh, you know, House techno uh, uh, DJs. Like. Do you see Union Union State or what's it called closed down? I don't know. Yeah, you U Street Music Hall. Yeah, R- rest in peace. Rest in peace. So much. Yeah, yeah. a like, disaster. Sorry like, to derail. No, it's okay. I mean, it's probably right. Now. Maybe maybe it's March. <clears throat> it was like uh, right around a, a ten years ago that. Elise and I went there for the first time. To U Street Music Hall. I'm, yeah, 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 yeah. Like it was, not, it was, com- yeah. it was. Well, oh shit! I guess it was eleven years, because <laughs> at the start of COVID, they're about to do their ten year anniversary. But when I moved to Baltimore right after going to college, U Street Music Hall had like just opened, and there was like no other club that you could go to like that. Like the the club scene in DC was like. I went to fur once or twice and Ibiza once or twice. And it was like, you had to be wearing dress shoes and a button up shirt and all that bullshit. And so U street music hall was the first place that really was just kind of like music venue for the love of music venue or like for dance music. Obviously there's nine thirty club, but like dance club for the sake of the music and super awesome sound system. That's like made exactly for this. And uh, you know, there's there's more venues for that now right like there's uh, i'm sure a little bit of what of of how they went under is, is competition for shows like i just you know i i spent a couple of years not going out and when i when i started going out again at the start of 2019 it was like there was three or four good de- good djs like nationally touring djs in town on a weekend to pick from instead of like whoever was at u-haul or that's it yeah, I mean, I didn't even, I don't even think I went. I've I've been to another venue like U U Hall anywhere. That's why it was so great. And the sad part is, I found the first show I ever saw was probably like one of its last. It was like February or or late January twenty twenty, which was the first time I ever went there. Wait, for who who'd you guess who who was it for? It it was like um it was I don't think they had. Well, they probably did, but I just didn't. It was like a Daft Punk. Oh, Rev 909? Probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I in I might have been at that. 
with uh with with will and oscar Os- oscar's the like i have no, I have no idea who it was big fro <laughs> hair dude younger guy oh yeah there's definitely some there's definitely somebody there with uh yeah 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 name. that's oscar and then it's him and will who was the owner and like rev 909 was just the night where they would play all like daft punk era indie indie dance kind of stuff it, w- it w- they had like a strange name for it it was they combined daft punk with like a like the name of the event so that it sounded catchy i don't know it wasn't just like a regular night hmm. but anywho yeah i mean you know rest in peace but now like flash came in and really and really kind of changed the game i think I don't know if you're. I don't know if you're familiar with Flash. It's like a, a, I'm not. I'm not familiar. No. <laughs> so it's a. It's another Maybe dance it's club knowledge. that's just a couple blocks up the street. It's on Florida, um, but like similar size to U-Haul, except mm-hmm. that it's got three floors. So there's like oh, a wow. ground level that's a little smaller than U-Haul because that's where they have the like offices and stuff like that. Then the main room, it's not quite as big as U-Haul, but it's on the second floor. And then there's a roof deck, and like they get they get really 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 excellent excellent acts through there all the time. Ding. Yeah, no, I mean I don't know. I've, I'm I'm like what like 24, but the majority of the times I've been going out in my life have been not in Northern Virginia. And even when I do go out in Northern Virginia, I usually go to like Arlington. So mm. I don't know the DC scene. I'm not as familiar with, but. Yeah, that I think the coolest part about U-Haul was not really. I mean, the music was great, but just like how there was like a dance floor in the middle of a bar, like that's just something you don't really see in many places in DC. It's a world class floor, man. Like it was. I mean, not only was the sound system just so incredible, and just the music that they curated and and brought in, and you know, it really was a. It was a place for DJs by DJs, and it was really awesome. Um, that springy floor, you know, you you can dance six hours on that and still have a spring in your step, as opposed to so many places. If, even if they have a wooden floor, it's usually over something, you know, that's not forgiving, like concrete. And uh, you feel it. You'll feel that 40 minutes in. Forget four hours. Like, 40 minutes in, you're like, yeah, I need a wheelchair. Yeah. No, they <laughs> they definitely had the forethought to, to shell out for the cork underlayment. Oh, it was so good. Are, are you guys familiar with that club in, like, I think it's Germany that is, like, super hard to get into? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, Bergheim. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I went down a YouTube rabbit hole with that. Just made me think. You'll yeah, have to now, brief me on it. What, yeah, what? so Berghain is in East Berlin. And uh, 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 Juan plays there a fair amount. Juan! Yeah. And Panorama Bar is kind of like their back bar. But okay. So so somehow or another, it's it's developed this reputation of like super exclusivity. Um Actually, uh, when was it? I guess like summer of 2019. I made I made friends with a guy at Flash who was doing a study abroad here from Berlin, 
So he's kind of like telling me about it. But basically, they've got this 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 super exclusivity policy where like people will come up and wait in line every night they're open for like three, four, five, six months just to like have the bouncers get to like recognize them, see their face, see, you know, judge whether or not they're cool enough to get into the, the, the most exclusive dance club that there could be, which like, I don't necessarily agree with, but I also think it's a little more like the right idea than say like a club in Miami that does that. Cause they're like really making sure that no one's coming in for anything except the love of the music and like the, the want to like just dance all night and appreciate the music, not because they want to go out to the bar and have friends, you know, like get drunk with their friends, but that like, they're there for You're true committing. appreciation of yeah. that, like, you know, that Berlin techno. To the, to the to the bit there. It's not about comfort. It's not about, you know, having fun. It's about you want to get in. That's it. You're either going to get in and you're not going to. But I don't know. It's just when, when they when there's something like that and, and you can't even take pictures inside and stuff. It's just the, you know, I guess I'm so intrigued, curious as what, what could be in there. Uh, well, they don't they don't let you take pictures at Flash either. Like, if you're taking pictures, a, a bouncer will come, like, snatch your phone out of your hand and be like, you can either leave or you can get it back at the end of the night. So these are these are these are sacred spaces, man. These are yeah. this. These are very sacred spaces like that's that's church to me and a lot of other people. I I love the no the no photography. Um, not only does it you know eliminate the blinding your dj who is your technician and guide while you're on the dance floor from blinding them blinding them with your with a flash but also like dude like getting the music like you're you're on your phone the rest of your life why don't you put it the fuck away we can curse here right uh, whatever <laughs> oh yeah, oh, okay, yeah. Guys, everything turn. is fair game okay great um yeah just like put your phone the fuck away and like try like just grooving to the music i love the no photography situation and all of these places and yeah i mean to that is i mean i u street i'm sorry uh, 18th street lounge i used to literally call the Sunday night, which was always a house night, house music, um, all night. And especially when it was cold out and not a lot of people were there. It was just the people that were about it. There was no cover. Sam, the man burns, uh, may rest in peace. He just passed away in this, in this last year. Um, he was there in the gold room for, you know, six hours, uh, minimum. And that was our Sunday night praise party. You don't need a camera in church, dude. <laughs> you just need some good shoes. <laughs> you just need some good shoes and to stay hydrated and, you know. I miss yeah, that. I mean, to, no, I to me, like, house music and the, that, the energy that it brings and just, like, the way the music is made, the way the clubs are built, with the speakers they use, like, you're, you're – whether you're drinking whether you're doing drugs or not you are like put into a a a a a different state of consciousness just out of like 
being in such a foreign environment, like with with loud music, with this like hypnotic hypnotic beat that's going on night, right? And like so like dude, I'm I'm not in very good shape. I could probably barely run half a mile, but like I will dance my ass off for eight hours. And like the closest thing I could imagine is that like that's what runners feel when they're on a runner's high right like there's this just like different state of sort of being entranced and like fully engulfed and engaged in the music that that comes in you know these dance clubs and this music that are 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 sort of like made specifically for that purpose and so that like I I feel like it would be like a, a a primitive tribe trying to like have their like ritual and having National Geographic come in with a camera like you know David yeah. David Attenborough over on the side like look at look at these folks and it's like fuck off dude I'm trying to dance here yeah no parking on the dance floor David Attenborough like <laughs> pack, <laughs> pack sand David um yeah no I, I I I'm totally with that I totally put the camera agree. down and get in here and dance motherfucker yeah exactly uh yeah so, someone hold that guy's steady cam so he can bust a move real quick <laughs> it's gonna be a lot it's gonna be pretty hard to do that with all that gear but yeah, I mean, and also just like, you know, how like linear and, you know, black and white, the, you know, modern day life and society and uh, has, has been and is and has become like, so I now it's so obvious to me to, you know, why people that don't dance or aren't like already super into going out and and dancing and letting loose and having this like really like it is like a spiritual experience and it's doing the exact same thing that yoga does it's like actually bringing together the mind the body and the spirit in this one like ritual activity that you're doing as as an individual but with a collective and there's no wrong answer when like the rest of your life you're have a ton of wrong answers or wrong moves that you can make. And like, you can't make a wrong move on the dance floor as long as you're grooving. And as long as you're giving yourself a little bit of, of space and not like bus busting a move right into someone's face, you know, um, we try, we try to prevent that, but sometimes it happens. And like, just good, good dance floor etiquette is just to be like, are you good? Are you good? All right. Hug it out, you know, (laughs) hug it out and keep it moving. And I'm like, wow, how much cooler would like your office job be if you could just like do that? You know, like how much cooler would it would it just be if like everything wasn't so like paint by numbers, you know, instead it was kind of like maybe maybe I'll just like rip this page out and tie dye it, you know, <laughs> like whatever I'm feeling right now. Oh, hold up one sec. Oh, you're good. So uh, this, this is exciting. Oh, sorry. Keep going. No, no. What were you saying? <laughs> I was gonna just say I'm cutting right here. <laughs> I'm gonna keep it in because this is funny. Oh, uh, you can. No, I was gonna because he because he walked away. I didn't know. I feel like I've disrupted the flow. Nah. <laughs> oh, no, that that was that was that was Prakash. It's what he always does. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, I, I, I feel just, like everybody's like, oh, this guy. Oh, sorry. <laughs> we keep doing this. 
Um, I just wanted to like touch on a little something about that sort of like collective energy you get from the dance floor. Because like, all right, so so I grew up in a very small town, like five thousand people total, and then so going to tech to Blacksburg, I was like, whoa, all these people here, this is crazy, and like going to tech football games. What? Right? <laughs> I know. I know. I was like, you went to Blacksburg, and you're like, whoa, so many people. Goddamn Novakids. Whatever. Oh, also, at least I'm from, I, I think you were in on when he said this, but I'm from Fairfax, and I heard you're from Falls Church. So yeah. Right down the street. Falls, Falls Church City, not part of Fairfax County. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, yeah. geographically, we're located in what is Very the greater close. part of the, Va- the Vatican City of Northern Virginia. Yeah, we're the so, Vatican yeah. City. Get it? Keep it. We keep it correct. <laughs> so, so yeah, I I know you guys don't fully comprehend that, but going to Blacksburg, I was like, this is this is crazy. There's a lot of a lot more population, a lot more like energy happening than where I'm from. And then you know, going going to tech football games where you've got you know sixty thousand people. At a, at a one time in one place, like on that same collective energy, was like mind blowing. I never never really experienced anything like that, and like loved mm-hmm. it, dude. I I used to go to away games all the time. Like I was I was totally totally in it, totally on it. Like just that that feeling of that sort of collective energy. Um, oh, I mean, there's not there's not a whole lot that's comparable to that, even in big places. That the, yeah, like, the I, stadium vibes. There's yeah. just not. So the the like the energy that I found that that is the only other one that's comparable is like concerts and 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 going to music. I like I I just remember the the first. I'll preface this. Fish is just okay to me. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. The, I'm not offended. <laughs> the first time I went to a fish show and it was like, you know, the whole lot's there, everybody's tailgating, hanging out. I was like, oh, all right, this feels kind of like it. And then, you know, they play at amphitheater. So it's a big crowd who's all into it. And it's like, whoa, all right. This energy is like, you know, obviously not quite at such a fever pitch, but very similar. And then afterwards, it's like, oh, well, no, nobody lost. Everybody just like came together, experienced this great combined energy together, and then you just like go home happy. That's that's sweet. Yeah, no, I, I yeah, I do. I do have a question for both of you though, because have you ever been to like concerts where I don't know? I don't know how to explain this, but like I was like very into the the pre 2010s EDM scene, I guess. And at about 2016 to 17, in my opinion, it was like the subculture kind of died and then it became like every, every it was like popularism, right? And then like like uh festivals such as Moonrise, which I'm sure Eric is familiar with cuz that's like in his backyard sort of. I'm actually not sure if it is, but like Moonrise, like the first Moonrise show I went to was significantly better than like the fourth one I went to. Um, and it was almost as though like the DJs there were just playing really bad. It was, the music was not like even, they were just playing the, the, the drops that would produce the biggest reaction that would like get to the people who were on the meth and like make them excited. I don't know. That's kind of how I experienced it. Cause I'm like, 
I I don't partake in like the whole Molly part of that subculture, I guess. And so like there was just nothing left for me and it was just zombies banging their head to basically just bad bad music in my opinion. So I don't know if you've ever like there are other music genres where I think that that just doesn't happen because the subculture is still there, but for for like mainstream EDM in like 2018, 19, 20, I feel like that's exactly what happened. I mean, I thought okay, I didn't listen to new I've been listening to electronic music since I can remember. My sister's 10 years old than I am. One the first one of the first albums or cassette tapes that I ever owned was a compilation called Rave Till Dawn uh, which came out in 91 or 92 um, and it showcased like all the biggest like international you know tracks of the time Um, but I didn't listen to new electronic music for like in between whatever album um like block rock and beats was on, you know, from the chemical brothers until my friend showed me dead mouse in 2008. And I was like, what? Like at the end of 2008 or, uh, and that's like when I started listening to the new music again. So that's when I started going to shows again. And I, I have to say that I was like totally turned off by (laughs) the scene and everything like it by like 2000, 11 or 12, you know, or by, by 2012, if I was going to a show, it was something that I was like really curated by, you know, someone that I knew like Eric or like someone that I like would been listening to for a long time and would go out of my way to see because, you know, there's, there's something special about having to go up to like Baltimore to see electronic music before electronic music came back into the mainstream again. Baltimore had been keeping it real while the rest of the continental United States forsook it. So anytime you went there, it was always a, it was always a love fest. It was always done with like such loving, you know, also crazy. Like, I mean, I, I love how like Baltimore is so candid, (laughs) if you will. Um, But in terms of like, you know, I, don't, I think I went to the first Moonrise, you know, um, festival, and that was, like, still, like, late in the game in terms of, like, me going out to stuff like that. Um, but, you know, what initially starts as something done with love and people really excited about their the music that they have and that they're, you know, get to share with the crowd uh you know you make enough money doing that and then you everything is just becomes like formulaic you know it's a lot less about the getting people excited getting the best music in there taking a lot of time to make sure the the quality of the sound and just like that your guests that the attendees feel like welcomed and get the best experience and it all becomes like how can we pack more people in here how can we get more vendors money and all that kind of stuff so and you can just like see where they cut corners like all day to the point where if you're not you know just like totally blown out on drugs you're gonna be like ow my ears are bleeding and like there's no water and uh you know like I'm thirsty yeah yeah it's just it gets like it gets really sad so and I, I I it doesn't just happen for the electronic music but it happens very rapidly with the electronic music you know like 
I'm sure someone who was going to Lollapalooza and, you know, 93 felt very differently about what Lollapalooza was like in 2003, but like that took 10 years, you know? And like with EDM, it takes like 12 seconds for you to go from like a really quality, you know, show or festival where a lot of like care and, uh, and stuff is there to, you know, cut to six months later and then they're just living by that, uh, what I call dose the crowd and play it loud kind of thing. <laughs> so that none nice. of you, you don't actually right. have to have any quality of, of sound or music. Um, right. You just have to make sure that everyone is fun <laughs> so that they don't know that they're just listening to like, you know, <laughs> yeah, do- the same drop over and over again. Yeah. yeah. And like, yeah. Or something in reverse like they have no idea like they're, they're completely <laughs> lost they don't even know like where what planet they're on and you just made a bunch of money essentially do, doing nothing <laughs> and it's way easier to do with edm because like i don't know if like you just have one guy up there just has to hit play and then it's interrupt the song <laughs> a couple times and be like Everybody put your hand yeah. on them. Yeah. You That's know, it. You're an EDM touring artist. You know right away if someone can't play their guitar on stage. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, you, you don't know. It feels like they have options when they're behind, like, a terminal right. with, like, a computer and, like, all this other stuff. It's like, I, I don't know what of this, if anything, that that person actually produced themselves or if they're playing even their own stuff. Or, you know, they could be completely on autopilot and... Yeah, like just doing yeah, that. Yeah, look, look, look at look at Steve Aoki. Like he his sets are set up <laughs> for him to be able to like step away from the decks long enough to like throw a cake in somebody's face and then cra- crowd surf on a blow up inflatable boat and like you know <laughs> just like dude like you, you're not <clears throat> you're clearly not like mixing for that whole fifteen minute interlude of stage antics, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At least, at least though he's giving them a show at least that's like a performance you know like you go to the steve aoki show i'm not saying I, I he's he's good at all but at least you know like hey at least i'm gonna get an authentic cake throw and stage surf with some other people it's like you don't even get that you just get yeah right like if you're going to a guar show you know it's gonna be a guar <laughs> show right like it's pretty pretty clear that they're gonna be in costumes Blood down, like yeah. like you know uh, death metal clowns and that's what they do but yeah yeah no i i hear what you're saying and and oh, man but I've i got, agree though i've it's, got, it's, it's I've got 50, not mixing anything i've got 50 things <laughs> i want to say it's about this whole conversation <laughs> oh god well All right. let's let's right, so, so wait, wait. My, 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 <laughs> the one point i want to get across is that there's definitely something distinct about that sort of like generational shift and like when things sort of became like the rave scene became super popular again and sort of lost some of the the what it had right before that and that that's i like it still baffles my mind that edm is like now meant to be something different than the rest of it because like at least I have older siblings that like got me into this music when I was pretty young. <clears throat> like uh, I, have, I have a sister who's 10 years older than me, went to university of Delaware and like got into the nineties rave scene there. 
and like came back and brought me a tape that had like acid house remixes of like the sesame street song of uh, the speed racer theme song like the kid friendliest versions of stuff you could find from like the acid house rave scene of the early 90s in philly and so at like eight years old i was the one kid rocking this in a town of five five thousand people in southern delaware who are like mostly chicken farmers and and like to go deer hunting and stuff so like i came up with that all along too and then as soon as i got the internet dial up though it was i was like finding out about downloading on napster all the like everything i could about dance music and so to me edm has always just meant electronic dance music that counts house music that counts disco that counts drum and bass that counts trance like all of it all of it's edm it's it's just like a very broad category for anything that's dance music made electronically as opposed to like being played by a band and so now for it to sort of mean like a, a a sort of broad sound of like what is popular dance music like the chain smokers or whatever that's so weird to me because like i'll interact with people who say they're into edm i'm like oh so you like house music and I'm like no i like the chain smokers and i'm like or, like wh- whatever and i'm like that'd be like if i went up to somebody and i was like do you like Led Zeppelin? And they're like, no, I'm into rock music. Yeah. I'm yeah. just like, what? Like, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, I, I would argue, though, it is still, it, there is still those distinct, like, that's just like with every genre. I feel like there is like somebody, me, myself, I like knew all those genres up until like 2019. I still knew like, okay, a drum and bass band would, or a drum and bass artist is like well i guess not i can't even name one off the top of my oh well uh, like uh what's his name Diesel uh, boy. spore <laughs> pendulum which yeah is, spore. Uh, spore spore which is yeah. like feed me's drum and bass or like yeah uh, you know like what's what's it called what's the other one you said trance like that's like uh infected mushroom but like what's well, side chance to be <laughs> to be clear <laughs> <laughs> the surface dwellers or the surface sitters you know that's like with every genre like that's like you ask like hey i'm really into rock and roll i like and they'll just name like Creed. i don't even know like yeah exactly <laughs> like just some basic stuff who, who out here is mentioning creed at the men at, at, at anything like well okay so what what BTS popped in, what popped in mind there is that <laughs> if somebody said they're into rock and roll specifically like rock and roll i'm thinking like roy orbison Right, oh God, like real fifties, nineteen fifties rock and roll, and so the disconnect to oh, me is that like, if somebody says they're into rock and roll, I'm thinking, oh, like Roy or, or Elvis Presley or something, and then they come yeah. at me with like, by which I mean Creed. That's like how far the disconnect <laughs> in my mind is to be well, like, well, I, that's that's what EDM means as opposed to like all the rest of it. I think that. I think that that EDM as its own standalone, whatever, is just such like a symptom of like what's wrong with today, kind of, (laughs) is that it's so devoid, it's so disconnected from any continuum of music, um, from any continuum of anything. It's like it just exists in its own bubble, which makes it a lot easier to like market and to make like to tailor to the people that are going to be spending the most money on it 
and like that's to me it's it's like a soulless thing which sucks because there's a lot of like people that have reached a certain level there's a lot of artists out there that have reached a certain level of of um of success doing something that it used to be really impossible to make any money like doing and um they're actually good but you know when you're only playing the same sounds or only the same sounds are getting picked up like it's uh, i don't know music and your connection to it is so you know kind of like uh ethereal or you know like it's so much larger than just um something that can be like quantified and you know someone's bottom line you know what i'm saying like in terms of like business and numbers and commerce and all that kind of stuff so i think edm is just like i think it becoming its own standalone music in recent times is just because people would hear you know because of the success of things like um what is it uh eat uh edc is that what it's called yeah, Electric Daisy Carnival. Yeah. So so people are immediately like, oh, it's EDM at EDC. And then just the kind of music that is played at EDC is what they as- associate as electronic dance music. They don't, right. they're never going back to the Right, origin. they never think below that, yeah. They're like, oh, so this like just happened yesterday? You're like, no, no, no. Like this is this has been happening <laughs> for a while, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, and yeah, I, I think like I think there's also there the, like the ad, advent of technology has changed things a lot, right? Like the first thought in my mind about like <clears throat> you know the the late two thousands, early twenty tens, is that that was kind of like the first generation of of kids who grew up with social media coming through. And so that spreads the information around a lot faster. Like, but everything has just accelerated so fast, right? Like we're just over a hundred years of being able to record music in any way, shape or form at all. And like music is something that humanity has had since well before we've ha- like been able to record history right like it's as prehistoric as all of humanity and yet a very fraction very small fraction of that has we've had the technology to actually even record music and then like out of that 100 120 years or whatever it's only maybe 40 that we've had any way to create music without a band right like it used to just be that everyone had to come together and play instruments and when you're playing instruments it's a very like tactile experience that you are intrinsic to and like there's not you know there's only so much you can do by yourself and then like 40 years ago or so we started having like enough technology with with magnetic tape and vinyl and stuff that that a single person did start to have control of being able to like do a DJ set where they can just be the only person there playing music all night long for a dance floor. And, you know, fast forward that 20, 25 years, it's the first time we've been, had a situation where just like some some dude can sit in his bedroom and like put out 
the production of music to the to the extent that EDM is without having to have like tens of thousands of dollars invested in studio gear and equipment and and all this right like just just being able to sit at your computer and like put out a song fully digitally in that way made it like it's not all bad right like there's very excellent music that's been made that way but it also made the amount of output explode right yeah now it's so yeah you can't keep up even the dance music scene before that was when there wasn't social media and there wasn't just this like overwhelming overload of digital music available to you it's like the only way you had to go get dance music was to like go to the local record shop where the DJs from your city hang out and like are also there looking for records and also there talking about records, right? Like it was a very uh, uh, homegrown community just out of access. And so I think that part of what changed so rapidly in that, in that time span is that, Oh, you know, now there's MySpace. Everybody like can be making music and telling everyone in the world about it. Everybody else in the world can download it. And it, it just totally like exploded what was a pretty uh, inaccessible art form previously. Yeah, no, I totally agree. It's a very, it's a very strange time we live in. And it's only going to get weirder. Like I like I'm so ADD. I can't even keep up with like the output of the media now. I kind of fear for what life is gonna be like for me in like five years. You know, where like there's even more content for everything. Um, but you know, I guess at some point you just have to understand. You have to like sail your own path. You can't like scoop up everything in the sea and taste it. You have to just kind of let the waves hit you. Yes. I mean, not to like go just divert yeah, directly get him, into get astrology. Get at him. Get at him. Age of Aquarius, man. It's like actually I'm so happening. Glad, I'm so glad we, we have switched to astrology because okay. I wanted to get you on this topic. Yes. Okay. Well, okay. I'm not saying that we're exactly 100% in the age of Aquarius. It's a process. An age is 21 and it's a, between 21 and 2200 years. So obviously the length of time it takes like fully transition into a new age um, is like a few hundred years. So, but we're like actually in the age of Aquarius, like we have a ton of planets in Aquarius and the whole point of the age of Aquarius of, of the sign of Aquarius is to literally go to the beat of your own drum, tune in and drop out and just know that you are like the alpha and the omega of your own existence, which makes keeping up with this obscene amount of output that everyone, you know, is, has um, via the internet and the media, it's just going to get more and more saturated basically. Um, But what's cool is the more time that you spend with yourself and like do stuff like start a podcast, have your own, you know, be your own thread of the fabric of humanity and not just sit there and be like, oh, well, I guess I'll just like wear whatever clothes someone else makes for me. You know what I'm saying? Like you need to, if you want to be represented, then you have to find a way to represent yourself. 
And it doesn't have to be in the same mode or method that everyone else is. It should be in the mode that most fits you. And if that means that it's kind of like an alchemical process of you finding or creating your own medium, even, you know, that is the kind of innovation that Aquarius allows us to bring. We don't have to look at the past for examples of, I mean, we should um, just if, if not for inspiration or, you know, when things resonate with you, like take that thread and run with it, take that thread and like, you know, I don't knit, but like <laughs> start working your little knit, knit, knitting needles with that and, and make your own thing. And it's awesome because I feel like I grew up in a place, even though I had like such a different, different experience, you know, having a sister that was so much older than me, getting into EDM, getting into what I call, um, like my, it's literally industrial disco is what my favorite band since I was seven years old. Uh, they're called my life with the thrill kill call. And they're very industrial music. But they also had like disco and like super funky bass lines. And yeah, they're sampling, you know, um, Peter Brown and, you know, all these like, like, I mean, it was just like crazy. I feel like I was like, come to think of it. I think my life with the Thrill Kill Cult is like super age of Aquarius. And it was so funny because it was so, um, uh, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. They didn't even set out to make a new genre of music. They were actually scoring music they were scoring their own films they made independent films that i have never seen them but i'm told that they are like kind of like b horror films they're kind of weird they're kind of like um what do you call that um i don't know they all have some weird like psychosexual through lines and stuff so like it was like rob zombie films before rob zombie started making films and uh they started just doing their own they, you know, it was like way easier, way cheaper to make your own music, whether you went back and forth between like a sample that you've like layered a bunch of stuff on top of. So it's like, you can't even under, like, you can't identify it as a sample anymore. And then have someone that knows how to play like three chords on a bass, like play them. And then all of a sudden, like they were making their own kind of music out of necessity and no one ever watched their films, but they're still making music 30 years later. And it's like pretty awesome. So that's a great example about how like the age of Aquarius is like really starting, you know, like the dawning of the age of Aquarius, like they talk, like they sing about in hair. They were talking about that stuff in the sixties. So that was the dawning of now we're like one step in. We like definitely have like a, a foot in, in the door of the age of Aquarius. And it only gets it only gets more necessary to be more of your own individual self and to allow for everyone else to be their own individual selves and to understand that this one size fits all like, you know, situation that we've been told should work. Um, it doesn't. And in fact, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's, it's, it doesn't help anybody. It doesn't, and it certainly doesn't help humanity as a whole to be like, oh yeah, one size fits all. If you're not, if you, if you don't fit, then maybe there's something wrong with you. It's like, no. What, Us, what age pre, predated Aquarius? So, um, the, uh, so it actually goes like backwards in the Zodiac. So, um, we, the age that we're moving out of is the age of Pisces. So Pisces okay. is, 
is the last sign of the zodiac, and it's like um, you know Pisces is a fish, um, and it was all about uh, just like selfless um, compassion, like to the point of martyrdom. So you know this gotcha. whole it's you know people say call it like the age of Jesus because of this like martyr. Uh, thing and because like of the the symbolism with the fish and yeah that's really what we were what like you could I mean regardless of if if anyone if whatever religion anyone uh adheres to or not it was just the idea of we were moving out of the the Aries age which was like whoever has the biggest sword wins you know what I'm saying it was like it was just like pure like masculine male domination it was brawn over brains or even anything um we went we went from like war god to jesus yeah we went from war god to jesus so jesus was like a product was like a uh um was to get us out of what we had been programmed into for you know 2100 years and he was like, no, I get it. I know that I'm going to meet an end. Like, this is literally like Jesus consciousness here. I know I'm going to meet the end that that this um, age deems appropriate. So, like, it was like, I know, because I'm we're coming from the Aries age, that I'm going to meet, I'm going to meet a destructive, bloody end. Because that is what the age of Aries taught us, and I'm fight, I'm fighting it. I'm bringing in the consciousness of the Piscean age by saying by forgiving everyone involved. You know what I'm saying by by showing mm-hmm. that like that like uh, um, unconditional love and um, uh, a belief of in, in in divinity and of the continuation of spirit beyond like the physical life um is a real thing it's gonna suck up here on this cross though you know what i'm saying (laughs) like so um so and so now in the age of aquarius we're like okay great we have absorbed all of this um pisces energy all of this like being compassionate and loving and living for like the a better tomorrow, you know, kind of thing like this pro like mm-hmm. denying oneself, one's own individual needs and wants, um, and, and sacrificing right. oneself and one's own individual own individual self, um, for the per for the greater, like good and purpose of like, of, of all. Um, and now we have to move away from that and being like, okay, yeah. Um, compassion, excellent. Um, uh, loving your neighbor the age of tomorrow yourself. is here yeah yeah, yeah exactly tomorrow's now yeah and so yeah so, so you now- don't have to there's no more sacrifice now it's more about okay maybe too much collective is is bad maybe too much you know right well the so um pisces also i mean it rules both inspiration like divine inspiration as it does like delusion you know, it rules both dreams and art and that mysticism that comes from this, like being like really in tune with spirit. And then it also rules like being like having like a psychotic break, you know? So you go along with this, um, you know, oh, deny myself this today. 
you know, and live for this paradise of tomorrow, you know, this, this, this paradise that exists somewhere else. Um, and now we're like, and now Aquarius says, oh, actually, okay, we just had to compartmentalize over these past 4,000 years, the pragma, like the physical nature of self and the mystical nature of self. And now Aquarius is like that mad scientist slash like alien robot thing that you're like, yeah, we're all here. It's all here right now. And it's up to each one of us to like navigate our own selves and be like, well, what do I vibe with most? Do I feel, you know, like you meet people in your everyday life. Some people look like they are throwback from another time. And then some people look like they're from another fucking planet, you know, like, like they don't even have like, like their head is like literally more like an alien, you know what I'm saying? Or, and like, it's kind of like recognizing like, oh, all these differences are beautiful and telling us something just because science hasn't caught up to be like, well, why did this person or whatever, like form in that way? Now it's like, we're all have the freedom to explore ourselves and our own individual, like beliefs and thoughts and like even like how we're how and why we're physically put together as we are and like why we identify with certain things and you know even this whole like um you know moving away I mean yeah guess what guys you have a problem with pronouns now imagine like when it's like so many (laughs) like I call Aquarius the beyond binary because we've been in our human consciousness we've just been like navigating between zeros and ones and by the time we get to Aquarius, Aquarius is like using entirely different like numbers and integers. And you know what I'm saying? Like there's so much mm-hmm. more to account for. The only thing that you're really going to know, and it's going to be your responsibility for knowing is yourself through and through like, and, and, and the cool thing is the freer you are to be yourself, it gives other people like the freedom to, to do the same. And that's like what Aquarius really wants. It's like, yeah, that was nice when we were all like dying for someone else's sins before, but right. <laughs> <laughs> but I got shit to do. Yeah, but like uh, I have a space. And so do you. Build. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can't look to someone yeah. else to like to 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 experience self. Like that also mm-hmm. brings like the nature of relating and the relating of the old paradigm into focus, because we used to think that in order to be in relationship to someone else, that it had to be compromised, which generally meant that one person gives up a little something so that the other person can, you know, and there's like this weird something. Well, imagine that now it's like, no, we can't actually relate to each other unless we're both like, whole and sovereign individuals and and understand that the actual purpose of relating is to learn about the self through constant you know through continued um participation with other you know you actually learn more about your own experience and your own individual self and your own wants and needs and like just processes by coming, you know, seeing how someone else operates and being like, oh shit, I like didn't even think that, you know, like, like I would have never in my wildest dreams thought Blacksburg was like a city, you know, like a town, like that is way beyond my scope of like, whatever. Um, But also when I first went to Blacksburg, like literally there was a lot less development there. It was, it was, uh, Mm -hmm. by the time I, I went back in my, when I was in college to go and visit people and stuff like that, I, 
I was like, oh, this is a whole other Blacksburg. They built uh, like three more Blacksburgs <laughs> since the last time I yeah. was here. So, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> Georgetown, Delaware was like a quarter of an old Blacksburg. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty crazy. That's crazy that three people from your small town in Delaware went to Blacksburg. Yeah. Yeah. No. And like, uh, you know, my my graduating class was like 120. Oh my god! And there was one guy who was three or four years ahead of us who went to tech from our high school. But like, other than that, uh, nobody that was like was was in high school that was older than me did. Uh, There's actually <laughs> we 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 essentially became like a a DPS pipeline because uh, oh really. Uh, Two two guys who are in the grade below me, Lance Hickman and DJ Roach, or oh, no DJ shit. DJ wow. Beep and Lance Beep. Uh, no, it's okay. Are, are are also from the same high school. That's funny. Yeah, I met both of them. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they're, they're they're like both just uh, like I I was in Boy Scouts with Lance like growing up for my entire life. Oh really? Yeah. No way. He's married. He has kids. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, does he still live like out in Chicago? I have no idea where he lives, but I know yeah. he, he he's a recently new a new father. Uh DJ Roach, I don't think has settled down yet, but I could be wrong. That sounds that sounds right. DJ Roach. Wait, Wait, I don't think I've ever met DJ Roach. No, I'm thinking of Chris uh I'll just say it, Chris Painter. Oh. Uh, him? Yeah. No, probably not. No, no, no. I, I know Chris. Chris was like same age as Danny. Same time. So they, were, they, they overlapped like by a year or two. Thousands musical artist. Pop. Yeah, right. No, like, DJ, <laughs> like, yeah. I'm sure that I'm sure if you try to like Google him, there are at least half a dozen, if not fifteen, DJ Roaches out there in the world. <laughs> There's Just definitely other DJ Roaches. Lots, lots sure. of hip hop DJs called DJ Roach. I feel like there's gotta be oh, some like uh, Elise. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say, like, I feel like there's some like reggae DJs or something. That. That. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. There's gotta be some reggae. There's some gotta dub, be a DJ. Select us. And we're done. Uh thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Please hit me with any feedback you may have. It really helps me. And you know, as always, like, comment, rate, share, subscribe, review the works. But, you know, I just wanted to give you all a teaser for next week. If you enjoyed that episode, we got two more coming, baby. Um, So next week, Eric and Elise join me again. And this time, we shift a little bit to astrology. Uh, Elise is a professional astrologist. I think the term is astrologist, and I've probably gotten that wrong a bunch. But, yeah, she's a professional astrologist. She she does it for a living. Um... So, you know, you know it's going to be good. And I got her for free, baby. Well, uh, she hasn't billed me yet, but we'll see. But yeah, that's next week. Stay tuned, and I hope you enjoy. And as always, have a good day. Bye-bye.